Welcome to our Harvest Valor podcast. My name is Mike Jonker, and I'm one of the pastors here at Harvest, where Greg Laurie is our senior pastor. I'm really stoked that you joined with us, and our prayer is that God will speak to your hearts through our Valor podcast. Each of our pastors that teach these podcasts are not only committed believers and followers of Jesus Christ, they are also men, just like you, who have similar opportunities and challenges in growing in their faith, and they want to be in that right spot where God wants them to be. We have been going through the fifth book of the New Testament, the book of Acts. It is a book of action and records for us God working in people to draw them to himself and also using people to help others discover the truth about God and his promises. It's really an exciting book. You know how if you're looking for a type of movie on Netflix or Prime, you have these categories for instance, drama or documentary or animation or action, well, the book of Acts is definitely a book of action. A good summary on the book of Acts would be the Spirit of God working through the people of God for the glory of God. Now, those who had witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ and those who had believed in Jesus were on fire for Jesus. They had received a new life. They had received a special power through God's Holy Spirit to not only live and speak boldly for Jesus, they also, by God's Holy Spirit, were able to do some miraculous things like healing sick people. And Jesus was being made famous and people were turning to God. People were responding to the message that Peter spoke in Acts 3.19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And the church was growing daily, and there was really a movement happening, a movement to God through Jesus Christ. You know, I've seen a few movements in my life. Uh, One was in the 70s, actually when I came back to Christ, when a lot of young people were coming to Christ, and it was really a movement away from, you know, partying, moving away from just what the world had to offer, but moving to God and really getting serious about their relationship with God and God's plans for them. And another was in the year 2000, 2010, where same thing. It was a lot of college students and young people, a lot of high school people were really coming to the Lord in droves and God was really using them. And it was a movement. And we just pray that that would happen again. But let's see what's happening in this uh, fifth chapter of Acts. And starting in verse 12, it reads... And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. And at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people to those who were tormented by unclean spirit, and they were all healed. So this was really incredible. Not only were the people in Jerusalem being healed, but other outlying cities and towns were bringing people in so that they would be healed. Then I would say, you know, in today's vernacular, you might say, man, that is sick, you know. Uh, Well, I wouldn't say that because they were getting healed. They were being made well, and people were being freed from their influence of evil spirits in their lives. You know, I truly believe that there's a lot of bad behavioral problems out there that we see that would be remedied if people would only come under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. You know, Jesus is still in the business of healing. You know, let's not give up on people. God heals physically, he heals emotionally, and he heals 
spiritually. He is in the healing business. He is a healer. He is the healer. So with all this great stuff happening, what happens next? Well, we're all familiar with that saying that no good deed goes unpunished. And that sure fits here because it tells us that they were not only arrested for what they were doing, but they were beaten and told to shut up about Jesus. I know we live in a culture that is trying to shut everyone up about Jesus. Schools have taken him out of the classroom. Stores like Target and others will stock up on Santas and reindeers and elves and, you know, happy holiday signs for Christmas. But they're very silent on anything to do with Jesus. You know, let's not offend anybody. Now, I'm not bitter. I'm just annoyed that I have to go someplace else to buy this type of stuff for Christmas. And I'll still shop there, too. But they were told not to talk about Jesus. In fact, they were brought before the council. And the council said, did we not strictly command you not to teach in Jesus' name? And they were trying to scare these followers, but to no avail. And Peter and the other disciples answered and said, in verse 29, we ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be the prince and savior and to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Man, I told you it was a book of action. You know, Peter and the others replied, we ought to obey God rather than men. You know, it kind of takes us back to some Old Testament saints like Daniel. Daniel was told not to pray to, to his God. Yet Daniel went and very overtly opened up the windows to his house and prayed before God because that's what he did three times a day. And he wasn't going to stop doing that. He was going to be obedient to God and God's call in his life. Remember the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whose real names were Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael. And I'm sure in heaven, when we get there, we'll be calling them those names rather than those Babylonian names. Those guys were actually told to bow before Nebuchadnezzar and before this image. And they wouldn't do that. And, uh, of course, we know that they were thrown into the furnace, the fire, but God rescued them. You know, there's something very important to learn here for us. There will be opposition when we truly choose to live for Jesus. Pastor Greg has said, A pure and powerful church will inevitably provoke a hostile reaction from a Christless culture. Let me say that again. A pure and powerful church will inevitably provoke a hostile reaction from a Christless culture. These guys were told not to speak of Christ. And the response was, We will obey God. Try saying that. We will obey God. I will obey God. You know, I looked up obey online and uh, it gave me a clothing company. And I guess that's the, the beauty of algorithms and advertising dollars. And I think the Gatorade used to have an ad, obey your thirst. When we think of the word obey, we think obey the law, obey your parents, obey your ranking officer. Sometimes we think of obedience training for our dogs, although I think usually it's owner training. But the word obey means to follow commands or guidance, to conform or to comply. And these guys said, listen, we're going to obey God. You know, there's a lot of discussion going on right now about what we should obey and what we shouldn't obey. Should we vax or not vax or mask or not max? And I think everyone 
should weigh out all the facts and options and do what's best for themselves and their families. And there may be some fallout one way or the other. But one thing we as followers of Christ have to resolve to do is to obey God. You know, in 1 Samuel 15, it tells us that the first king of Israel, King Saul, decided to ignore God. God had told him to go and go to war, basically, with the Amalekites who were, had attacked Israel and were enemies, and basically wipe out all the Amalekites and wipe out all the livestock and wipe out everything. And I don't know why Saul decided not to. Maybe it was for profit. Maybe it was for prominence. Uh, maybe even he was a little bit afraid of uh, the, his own people. But it tells us that he disobeyed God and he kept the livestock. And God saw this, of course, and sent Samuel, the prophet, to Saul. And uh, Samuel asked Saul, you know, what is the bleeding of the sheep? Why have you disobeyed the Lord? And Saul began to make excuses. Oh, I was going to sacrifice them. Oh, it wasn't for me. It was for the people. And Samuel simply said to Saul, Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice. God wants our obedience. You know, I obey the law of gravity because I know if I jump off a cliff, I'll probably die. The law of gravity will take effect. I obey the traffic lights because I know if I have a red light, someone else has a green light. And if I don't stop, it will be bad. God wants our obedience because it is best for us. He's not trying to rob us of some secret pleasure. We find God's blessing in our obedience to him. Let me say that again. We find God's blessing in our obedience to him. Do you sometimes struggle with this? I do. Even though I know being obedient to God is always best, maybe it's that rebel spirit we have. It's really stupid. But sometimes we just struggle with obedience. I think that's why Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, which, by the way, Corinth was the Las Vegas of the day. It was party central. Anything goes in Vegas. Well, anything went in Corinth, and the church was right there in Corinth. And Paul wrote to these believers in Corinth and said, For we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled." You know, sometimes obedience is a hard thing. Obedience isn't just a matter of the mind. It's not just a decision we make with our brains. It's a decision we make with our spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual battle we can't win in our flesh. That's what Paul was telling these Corinthian believers, and he's telling us too. We need weapons that are spiritual, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments. We need God's word, we need prayer, we need spiritual input into our lives, fellowship. Have you ever had that argument with yourself, I'm going to do this, no man, that's stupid, I'm going to do this, and you just kind of go back and forth, it's like a volley, it's really dumb, but we do it. Do you know that Jesus himself is our example, what to do? The thing I love about Jesus is that Jesus always went first, guys. In fact, it tells us in Philippians chapter 2, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it to be robbery, to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, 
taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. Is there any area in your life today that you need to say, Lord, I need to be obedient to you. I need to surrender to your will, and I want to give this to you now. In fact, I want to take time right now and just say a prayer with you. You know, God is speaking to your heart. There's an area in your life that you know you're being disobedient to God. It's between you and him. Maybe others know it, but it might be a secret secret sin. Let's just go before the Lord right now and just pray and ask God to help us and fill us so that we can be obedient to him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. Jesus, thank you for your obedience for me. And Lord, now I just want to confess my sin. And Lord, I want to choose obedience to you. Lord, give me the strength of mind and the strength of spirit to follow hard after you. Lord, light a fire in my heart so I will live for you. And even like Peter and those early disciples, to speak of you. And so I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I know God's going to be with you, but we all need to continually pray prayers like that and be reminded of God's love and commitment to us. Guys, I want to thank you for joining us here on our Valor podcast and hope to have you join us next week. And remember on Sunday, Pastor Greg preaches here at Harvest at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock, and we'd love for you to join us. And we also have our men's group and you can find out more about that online, but you can also join a group and just uh, go to men.harvest forward slash groups, and you'll see a bunch of groups there that you have an option to choose. So God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.